you didn't know you saw him in could sing like that. And videos like this are just more evidence of something that Tracy talked about last week. You know, there is no social distance in God's kingdom. Um, you know what? We can stay six feet apart forever, and it doesn't stop God's kingdom. So think about that. Um, again. Hello? That was like godly sounding. All right, all right. We got a show to do here. No, it's not a show. Um, thank you. Welcome. If you haven't been with us before, I would encourage you, and even if you have been with us before, if you've been with us a thousand times and you've never done it, go right now to c3ak.com slash hello. Fill out a uh, quick electronic uh, guest card just to let us know you were here. If you've been with us a hundred times, we have your information, but some of that information has changed. That would be a great place you could do that. And again, if it's your first time, you could do that. You could say, hey, we'll say hey back. It won't get weird because I already took care of that this morning. Uh, parents, if you're tuning in and you've got little ones with you, uh, I would encourage you to go to c3ak.com slash kidprint. You can print out activity sheets for the older and the younger kids. Print them out for yourself. Nobody will know. Um, we are a praying church. Uh, we always will be. We always have been. If you have something going on in your life right now, which we all always do, that you need a little prayer for, uh, maybe it's for yourself, maybe it's for somebody you know, maybe it's just a larger kind of generic, everybody included kind of issue, you can send that prayer request to uh, pray, prayer, prayer at c3ak.com, and uh, that will go directly to our prayer group. Uh, as soon as it hits inboxes, people will start praying about that with you and for you. Um, if your prayer is of a more personal kind of confidential uh, nature and you don't want to put it out there for everybody, you know, maybe strangers you don't know, you can just send an email to, uh, to either Pastor Jason at C3AK.com or Pastor Tracy at C3AK.com. And uh, we will share those only between the two of ourselves. Nobody else will know, but you can be assured whatever is happening with you, we will be there with you. We will be praying for you. It is our honor. It is our privilege. And uh, we love to do that for you. That's it. That's all. Um, I'm going to let uh, the talented people take it from here. Let's have a word of prayer, and we will kick this pig. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that nothing stops your church. There is no circumstance that stops your church. And we are so thankful to, to be reminded that wherever we are, whether we, we have the ability to be here in this small group in this place right now, whether we're joining online, whether we're seeing this days from now, Nothing stops your church. We are the church and that you have set us apart to be your light, to be your salt and to influence this world. Right now, when there's so much darkness, Father, we have the opportunity to bring light and to bring hope that can only be found in you. And I just pray you would strengthen us and you would encourage us and you would help us to do that in any way, in every way we can. Father, come now and be with us, accept our praise, accept our worship and just... Just abide with us here. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Kick this pig. That's a little throwback to our buddy Henry Hartman at the Alaska State Fair, which is not happening. But God's still good. Amen. I've got to turn my guitar up. All right. Glad that you guys are here with us this morning. We're going to sing a few songs together. And uh, I hope you'll sing along with us there at home wherever you are live or listening to this later and uh, we are blessed to be able to be here to do this for you thankful for the technology that makes it possible and uh, pray that you are out there uh, when you can getting the last good bits of this Alaskan summer uh, gathered to yourself so 
Here we go. Sing along with us.
stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Oh
Uh, hey, there we are. That was, uh, if you didn't hear me, because I don't know if the live stream is going or not, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Love these folks and their dedication from platform all the way to the back of the room and here with Miss Chan on the running the chat and kind of making sure everybody's behaving themselves over there and uh, that we're still live and all that business. So thanks everybody for doing that. Uh, we're, we're closing out the sixth chapter of Mark today with a, a pretty short story, which translates into a fairly short message this morning. There's not a ton that I want to draw out of this, but I do want to bring you maybe to one point that'll be meaningful uh, to you here. Just to kind of recap, oh, is that me? Did I do that? All right, we'll see how it goes. If it's a problem, holler at me and I'll switch to a hand mic. Um, here about four or five weeks ago, we had the story of the death of John the Baptist. And then uh, Jason took us through the feeding of the 5,000. It's dropping out, right? Yeah, all right. All right, so I'm just on my, there, my mic. There we go. All right, so a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, uh, Dr. Don Ashley brought to us the message about um, the death of John the Baptist. Reminded us about how uh, in that story what we see reflected in this uh, terrible event that takes place is that, that we we become like the people we love, people that we hold the closest. So that's why it's important to, to fill our lives with people who have good values, good ethics, good morals, a good spiritual life, a, a connection to Christ, um, that those are our closest confidants in the life that we live. And then Pastor Jason, Jason took us through um, Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000, made an awesome connection between that story and uh, probably the most beloved pastor is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me to lie down in green pastures. He made a connection to that uh, text there of the miracle of Jesus feeding like eight to 9,000 people, maybe more, with just a tiny little bit of food. And then uh, we, we followed that up then with uh, Jesus walking on the water, his disciples seeing him walk on the water, and instead of being encouraged by that, the Bible taught us that they were frightened because they didn't understand who Jesus was, and that even in the aftermath of then seeing that miracle and all of the things that he had done before, the scripture tells us that their hearts, instead of being filled with devotion, were hardened a little bit. And we took that lesson last week about how we need to uh, be mindful of how we see the work of Christ in our lives that um, just because he comes to us in our time of trouble doesn't mean necessarily that that he you know we're still in the boat as we said last week with the disciples he came sat with them in the boat, calmed the storm that was around them, and traveled with them across to the other side of this body of water. But they were still in the boat. They still had to make the journey. And, and I think that, that part of, that's part of what calculates into their not necessarily being completely still sold out and sold into who Jesus is. And so then we arrive here at the end of chapter 6, 
with kind of a general story, if you will, uh, the way that uh, the writer of Mark kind of puts a cap on this. We have this great buildup of miracles that are happening and Jesus revealing himself as who he is and the power that he possesses and, and those things. And this kind of caps that off because at the beginning of chapter seven, we begin to see the murmurings and plots against Jesus by the religious leaders, which then of course finds its seeds actually in one of his closest confidants, right? One of his 12 disciples. So we're gonna see all of that unfold in the next uh, several weeks. And, and I told you last week we might uh, here uh, in September, we might take a deviation from the book of Mark, but we'll be coming back to it. I've just gotta sit down and figure out how that's gonna work. So here we are, chapter six, the last bits, chapter six, verse 53 of the gospel of Mark. Now, remember, right prior to this is the story of the disciples. They're in the boat. They've been in this boat going to the other side of the Sea of Galilee for about somewhere eight to nine hours fighting the wind. And then Jesus comes, calms the storm, gets in the boat with him, and they make it to the other side. So, that's verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genereset and moored to the shore. Now, I don't know if this means something. Jason and I uh, have this philosophy, and, and we, we say it sometimes that nothing, there's no word in here that's wasted. I, I racked my brain. I read commentaries. I couldn't find anything. But this is just an interesting note. Um, if you had like a King James Bible in front of you and were reading it, it would say right here that they went over to the other side, to this community, and that they drew in to the shore. They anchored to the shore instead of to a dock. It is the only time in all of the Bible that that phrase is used in reference to a boat or a ship. Um, somebody smarter than me could probably figure out some sort of spiritual application for that. Maybe somebody who's more familiar with boats. I couldn't get there. I tried. But it's interesting, nonetheless, that this is different. Something is different about this. They moored to the shore and when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him. Now remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago. When Jesus was trying to go and rest, the crowds wouldn't let him. And then when he was able, finally, the disciples literally carry him into a boat to go across the sea. This is the other time that we find the, the disciples in a boat with a storm that rages. The storm comes up, Jesus is sleeping at the front. They're mad at him because he's sleeping while they think they're gonna die. He gets up and he calms the storm and they travel across to the other side, which is by the way, the same other side that they're going right now, just to a different location. One went like over here and this one's going like over here. But remember, he was going across the sea then to get some rest and he couldn't because he got to the other side and there were people there who wanted to see him. So eventually he came back to this side of the water and when he got to this side of the water, there was no rest there either because this is when he feeds the 5,000. And then he finally sent the disciples out on the boat. This was last week, said, you guys go out on the water, go to the other side of the, the, the water here. I'm gonna go up on the mountain and take a break. And he does, for several hours he goes up on the mountain. We don't get an insight into what happened at that time he went up onto the mountain, but he takes that break. So then he comes back down. He's now down where he fed the 5,000. They're getting in the boat and now they're going across the sea to another location. 
He gets there and his fame that has been growing and growing and growing arrives there first. And so when the people began to recognize who he is getting out of the boat, they ran about, listen, the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. So every place that Jesus would walk to then once he got off the boat, little community here, little community there, every there where that he went throughout the entire region, people would pick up people who were sick, pick them up literally on their beds even, and bring them to any place that Jesus was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Now you might, there's a little echo right there in that text of a previous story that we heard too, the woman who had the issue of blood, right? That, that she was an outcast in her society. Uh, she was considered unclean, but even so, she made her way through this crowd, mostly of men, breaking the law by, by bumping into them and even being in close proximity to them. Look, we understand that right now, don't we? We understand what it's like to be uh, in an environment where basically we walk around right now looking at everyone who isn't part of our bubble as unclean, right? Why aren't you wearing a mask? Why? Who have you been around? Where have you been? Who have you been touching? Who have you been talking to? You know, uh, we're kind of in that weird environment right now. And, and it would be like that for her, only honestly elevated, because there were consequences of if someone found that she was breaking the law by being around others when she was considered to be unclean, she could be stoned to death under the law. And so we remember that story of this woman who's been ill for years, something like 30 years she's been ill with this issuance of blood. And she makes her way through the crowd. She sneaks through just because she says, she thought to herself, if I can just touch the fringe on his garment, on his robe, maybe I'll be healed. And she is, it's an incredible story, one of my favorites in all the Bible. And we see here that her story has traveled far, right? That's how, that, I mean, that's, that's the way this makes sense. Why are people now bringing, bringing them and saying to themselves, you know, if we could just touch the, hen, the fringe of his cloak, because they've heard the story of the one who did. And so they're not even asking for an audience. They're not asking to, to get Jesus' attention. They're simply moving in faith, moving in purpose to say, man, if we can even, if we could just get close to him, I don't want to, I don't want to bother him, but if I could just get close enough to him to, to let my hand brush across the fabric of his robe, then maybe, maybe it'd be for me like it was for her. If we back up a little bit, one of the things that I thought about in this passage, especially as I was talking last week, Pastor Jason mentioned this morning about, you know, being the church, even though we're in these pockets of isolation. Um, I found myself this morning watching, a saw a couple of live videos from friends of mine down in the States, and I, I have to admit, I was a little jealous because they're in states right now that are wide open, 
and their churches were just full of people doing their thing. And I was like, man, that looks like, that looks nice. We'll see what happens in two weeks, right? <laughs> How that works out for them. Uh, with the blessing of God, I pray that uh, the sickness will stay at bay and that we'll begin to see a turnaround in this country and around the world, that we can uh, live in a measure of freedom that, uh, that God has given to us in our communities. And, uh, but I, I, th I thought that, you know. But we understand right now what it's like to be in isolation, and yet still in this story, it says here, talking about uh, what Jason mentioned this morning about last week, what I, what I talked about with the church is even when things are difficult, even when things aren't the simplest they can be, even when we're in a situation where we're forced by circumstances or even by legalities to not function in the way that we're used to as the church does not mean we can't still be the church. You know, the church has, has little to nothing to do with this space that we're sitting in right now those of us that are gathered. Um, Karen and I were doing worship at the beginning of this whole thing, just sometimes the two of us, right, from our living room, right? And God was still present with all of us who engaged in that. And to whatever level you're able to live your life, to do your work, to encounter others, to be with others, to see friends, or to even go to your job site, friends, you and I are still the church everywhere that we go. And I wonder if we couldn't have a bit more of this attitude that we see of those who see Jesus coming to their region here because, because Jesus is with us, right? Let's set the foundation. Jesus is present with us in our lives. Uh, we, we can't see him, we can't touch him like these folks could, but we understand that he is eternally existent and that he still exists with us in the kingdom of God which is near us and in which we as believers are called to live, to live in his kingdom. And so I wonder if maybe we couldn't be a little bit more like these people who knowing that Jesus was near made every effort to go to every person around them who needed what Jesus had to give them. And they said, look, I'm just going to take you to him. I'm just going to show you. If, if, I can, if I could just get you close to Jesus, you would receive something from him like, like you just can't believe. And we may not be taking people literally on their sick beds, although if that's what God leads you to do, you could. Um, we may not be going out into the countryside finding anybody and everybody that we can, but I, that's not really the picture that we get here anyway. These were the people that were sick who were being brought to Jesus. Who do you think was bringing them? You know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a collection or a, a committee or a team of people who were assigned to go out and find sick people and bring them to Jesus. It wasn't someone else's official duty to do that. Those who were bringing people to the presence of Christ were those who loved them so much that they wanted them to have what Christ has to offer. 
And so, you know, I have to ask myself, I pose the question to all of you, particularly in these strange times, if you had the opportunity to direct someone to Jesus as the answer, as the, the fulfillment, the answer to their questions, the fulfillment of what they're looking for, the purpose that they're missing, would we behave like these people did, which is as soon as we know that the opportunity exists, we would do everything we could to get people into his presence. I was thinking yesterday, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, here at the end of August, our mayor will do whatever it is he's going to do. Um, if any of you are expecting things to open up at the end of August, you should just stop because he's already said that's not going to happen. Uh, he's very emphatic in his press conference a couple of days ago that if people are expecting to be, for Anchorage to be wide open at the end of August, he said that's just not going to happen. It's not going to be that way. There'll be some graduated level of, of, of easing restrictions which are falling heavily, heavily and heaviest on those who work in you know, our tourism industry, our hospitality industry, uh, food workers, uh, restaurant owners, and things like that. We all see that. It's not going to get significantly better on the 1st of September, which means probably rules for churches will still not be a whole lot greater. I think the level before where we are now, the last time was you could have um, 25 people or 25% of your capacity, whichever one was smaller, right? If we could have 25% of our capacity here, we could have 100 people in this room. And the longer this goes on, I, th I think about, let's say September 1st, we could open up to where we could welcome. We were running about 60 people in this room when we had the, the time that we were open before this last shutdown. The people that we were still missing <laughs> was mostly our families with kids because we're not opening the nursery, we're not staffing children's ministry because we wanna keep those interactions as small as possible. And I, parents, I'm with you, totally with you, support you in what you're doing with your kids. But the longer this goes on, it makes me wonder, even when the doors open back fully, will church ever be the same again? I, I don't know. Um, ooh, I say that so that I don't sound harsh. Um, do I care? <laughs> Do I care if it goes back exactly like it did before? I don't. Because uh, Christ Community Church, you know, because you've lived a life of a human being, but also 
you've been part of Christ Community Church, one of the, the foundational values that we have here is that change is inevitable. And you can either fight change and lose, or you can try to figure out what it is God's trying to do next. I'm 100% confident that right now I have no idea what it is God wants to do next. I can say with fair certainty, and I have some uh, history of being very bad at this, always in a good way, God does better than I think. But I feel fairly certain it won't be exactly like it was before. And now just talking about church in general, not Christ Community Church, will young families come back? Um, will, will certain segments of the community return? Um, one of the things that I, I worry about, but I can't do anything about it, is as you and I are in this separated environment, if there are those who've not been engaging with the online community and they were kind of engaged with the in-person community, you know, after a while you build a habit or you fill your time with something else. And then so if things revert back to something similar to what it was before and we open the doors and we say, everyone come, everyone welcome. There will be those whose lives have changed course so much that what we do here in this way, in this fashion, just doesn't fit anymore. And that's okay. Because God knows what he's doing in the midst of crisis. Now, I'll, I'll give this caution. If you find yourself in the near future just basically throwing off the community of believers when the opportunity is available, you're making a mistake. It's not just about church, it's about the commandments of the Bible to, to, to assemble together. I mean, it's one of the things the Bible does tell us to do. Don't forsake assembling together as believers. So if that element disappears from your lives, that's a mistake. And that's not something that God's going to be okay with because it's in direct violation of what he tells us to do as believers. One of the many things he tells us that we're to do as a church or as the church is to get together. Right now we're doing it virtually and it's okay, but it's not the ultimate expression, right? But until that time comes, until there's the opportunity for us to gather again in this place in a larger number or to do something different where we gather together and to do things that are, that are encouraging and exciting for our, for our kids, for our parents, for our young people, everybody in the church, we try to, to do things that communicate and minister to each of us where we are. Until we get to that place, Folks, there is no reason that where you are in your life, in your circumstance, your bubble, that if there are people you become aware of who need what Jesus has to offer and they're ready to receive that, that you can't direct them to the presence of Jesus Christ and share the gospel with them. And in fact, I take it a step further and say from the example of the people in this story who who made every effort 
to get those who were sick to the presence of Jesus so that they could even just get close to him, it appears that that became a significant priority because it says they ran about the whole region and began to bring sick people on their beds wherever they heard that Jesus was, in the villages, in the cities, and on the countrysides, they brought those who were sick and in need to Jesus. It sounds like they were feeling pretty imperative about that. It sounds like they were, they were taking this as a really significant challenge and duty. Maybe this is one of the things that God wants to do with us in this time is remind us that in our lives as Christians, our job is not to get people to come to church. It's to encourage, invite, to get people to come to Jesus. And Jesus is still at work and still available whether this thing here ever happens again. And that's the mission of, really, the church, you people. That's our mission, is to lead people to Jesus. And then the last sentence of this passage says that as many as touched the fringe of Jesus' garment, they were made well. And this reminds me that for us and for those that we might lead to the presence of Jesus, if they will reach out, he will answer their need. The Bible tells us in another place that we don't have because we don't ask. A lot of times the reason people say that God's not helping them, God's not meeting them where they are, God's not helping them in their circumstances or doing anything when they call out, I hate to say it, it's not because their faith isn't big enough, I don't, that's junk. But I've seen this in my own life. Sometimes I want to go to God and ask him to, to, to work in my life on my terms. So I'm not desperate enough yet to let God do what God wants to do. And I'm fully convinced that sometimes people come close to engaging with and accepting a relationship with Jesus Christ that brings his salvation into their life and then they don't experience it because they still hold back and say, well, yeah, mm. that, 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 that one part of my life or, or that one thing I need to believe, yeah, I just can't go that far. But I mean, I'll take the rest of it, but that doesn't work. It's like the video of the, the chisel, the guy with the chisel being formed and God's trying to form him and, and he's arguing with God about, well, not that part. Don't, don't mess with that part. You're going to leave that part okay, right? These people who came, the ones who brought them, were driven with purpose to bring people to the presence of Jesus. Those who were brought were desperate to have what Jesus offered. And in that circumstance, Jesus, it says here, touched everyone with healing. It says there, as many as touched it were made well.
Why? Because they really wanted what Jesus had. So that's the challenge I leave you with at the end of Mark chapter 6 here, is to, we, we have this beautiful opportunity to see these works that he's done, his miracles, who he is, he's revealing himself, the power that he has, the care that he has for uh, people, that he wants to redeem them. And then we see part of a mission, not just the disciples, remember, who were working with him, but now it's just the people in the streets hearing about Jesus. Well, that's you and me. We've heard about Jesus. We've seen the work of Jesus in our lives. Let's go and get some people and bring them to the presence of Jesus. And let's see what he will do for them. Let's close in a word of prayer. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you and may he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. Lord, uh, I know some of us, our opportunity to interface with others is very limited. And so, I, Lord, that you, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll just provide some grace in that, that as you will, as you lead, that you will uh, place opportunities before us that we will see with clear eyes of those who need you and those to whom you may be calling right now. And Lord, if, if your will is in place, Father, that we would be like these who cared for the ones who were sick and the ones who were hurting. And we would see those before us and lead them to you. Lord, pray, pray that you will touch them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, I know we have the Claire House sign up. Do we know how that's going, Jason? Have we gotten any? Okay. So, folks, uh, what day is this? Uh, 23rd. Got uh, not this week, but the next week. Yep. Um, that will be our, our meal time. Friday is when we deliver. You can bring food here, 7.30 p.m. on Thursdays. Our uh, wonderful friend, Don Rabb, who's been coordinating that for a long time for us, will be here to receive food. You can also give donations uh, through the website uh, to Claire House if you want to do it that way, and we can buy food or they will buy food. It, it uh, works out pretty good. Um, and uh, if you want to be part of that and want to bring food, you can email us. It usually goes out in Jason's uh, announcements each week, at least once or twice, and uh, you can respond through email that way. Then uh, we still are looking for folks to help us with technical crew. Uh, we've had um, zero response to that, so thanks for that. Uh, we really could use help. Um, you know, if you'd like to be here once in a while during this time, you could get come and hang out with us if you want to help us run uh, the uh, live stream production board back there, as well as we could use another person or two who would be willing to learn sound system and things like that. We've had some wonderful folks helping us out the last few weeks uh, between uh, Jeremy and Russ and Sam on the soundboard, but uh, we could always use a deeper bench to, to call from there because it's a big job and sometimes it gets a little bit, you know, you just want a break. And then uh, Tobin back there running uh, the media station for us, the projection media, he'd probably like a break once in a while too. So if we had a couple more people. It's just a way for you to engage, and uh, you don't have to be in front of anybody. Um, 
you're just here supporting us through the technology, or maybe you have a friend that would like to do that. Send them my way and uh, jump in with us. And then I did have in the last couple of weeks uh, some new folks that have joined us online uh, have been looking for a little bit more information on giving. I had two people ask me, what's the easiest way to give at Christ Community Church? We're going to run our uh, text to give bumper again this morning. It really is probably the easiest way to go. You can use your phone, smart tablet, and set up an account the first time, and from thereafter, it's just easy. You just, you know, put in like the number 20, 20 bucks, 20 to that number and send it, and it goes through. You can specify it for Claire House. You write Claire House, 20, send it. It just goes right through. It, it is ultimately, once it's set up, the easiest way to give. Um, there are other ways that you will find at c3ak.com slash donate, because I know some of us like to, we still write checks. I know we're old people. Uh, we write checks. Some of the kids are going, what's a check? Um, PayPal. Uh, there, there's several different options. So go there. But here's our uh, text to give bumper. And that's finished. We'll be finished for the day. I love you folks. Have a great week. Be safe. And we'll see you soon. Thank you.